we know that you were born magical. We know that you are intuitive and we know that you are brimming with everyday enchantment. Here at the Sisters Enchanted, we believe in intention, we believe in intuition, and we believe in everyday magic. Welcome in to the Expedition to Soul podcast. Hello, everybody. Elena and Lady Dolphin. Lady Dolphin, what's your name? That's the one thing about this app that I love that we can have like uh, handles like that or screen names or usernames. But then I never know what to call people. <laughs> and Aisha and Crystal, Amanda, Morgan. Hello, everybody who is here. All right. So this is a live, uh, this is a live podcast recording for our Expedition to Soul podcast that I'm doing here in our upgraded Expedition to Soul class experience. I'm Sarah, founder of the Sisters Enchanted, and we are talking about the witch archetype today. So those of you who are able to be watching this recording live, I encourage you to share ideas and thoughts or ask questions or anything at all. The reason that we are talking about the witch archetype, 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 is because the word witch uh, freaks a lot of people out. It carries a lot of baggage. And I will say that since 2016, I have, it's in May, will be six years that I have been doing this work online. And through that time, we have had over 200,000 people at some point in time interact with the various things that we do here. Uh, upwards of about 250,000 people. Now, obviously, I've not talked to all those people one-on-one, -on -one, but I've heard from many of them. <laughs> and what I know to be true is that even people in our communities here, people who take our programs, even some folks in our holistic witchery program have feelings about the word witch. Some people in our group and communities fully embrace it and they're like, I'm a witch, I'm a witch, I'm a witch, I'm gonna tell everybody. And other people in our communities don't say that. We actually, we have some folks uh, who are practicing Catholics, one community member who is an Orthodox Christian, believe it or not, you can actually listen to her in a podcast interview where I, I interviewed her, I don't know the episode number, but her name is Jen Tridoski, I believe is her last name if I'm saying that correctly, uh, and she's also a physician. So talking with her was super interesting because she has that science mind to her and also that religious background, uh, yet she's in... I think like met all of our programs here and she had some feelings about the word witch herself. So let's back, let's dial it back a little bit and talk about what an archetype is. And then we're going to talk about the word witch and then we're going to put it together and what we need to know about the witch archetype. So archetypes are, um, they are, how should, how can I describe this? Like an example of something. So a typical example of something. Uh, we can look at, in our holistic witchery program, for example, when we go through the energy centers, we look at the functional and dysfunctional archetype of each energy center. So uh, like some dysfunctional ones would be like the martyr archetype. And when we look at this, it's a typical example of how somebody would be. So for many of us, uh, women and parents and people who take care of aging parents or relatives or Maybe we're just, you know, we're, we're working and supporting people around us and really serving other people. We can often fulfill that archetype of a martyr where we're doing for others uh, to the point where we are 
than, you know, just draining ourselves. But we're always like, nobody helps me. I'm suffering. I'm overwhelmed. Yet we get up and help everybody else again. That is that typical action of a martyr. We can also see this in, uh, in more light ways also. So a functional archetype could be that of like, like a queen, you know, somebody who really just radiates uh, entrance into a room. Uh, we see this, this big energy happening. So archetypes are a typical example of something. And Sarah Milne, our program director here, she actually teaches a class, The Archetypes in Life and Magic, based on the Jungian archetypes. The psychologist Carl Jung, Sarah's a, a she studied, uh, she's a psychologist by trade, and uh, she has um, a research psychologist. And so she did this class. Mar Morgan says, must do, so fun. Yeah, we have actually, if you register for Holistic Witchery early enrollment uh, by Friday, we're throwing that class in as an extra. So uh, anyway, something to think about. But with the archetypes, we look at these typical examples of, it can be behavior, communication, but we sort of think of a thing when we think of an archetype. Now let's look at the word witch and what this has to do with anything. The word witch is so loaded. And I mean, with good reason, it's complicated. We have uh, firstly like Halloween witches, we have Disney witches, we have the fairy tale witches, and even these are a spectrum, right? Like we have uh, the Disney witches who sometimes are like buffling about baffling buffoon characters. <laughs> and then we have uh, like the evil, the evil witches, but then we have the Halloween witches and uh, and anything in between. So it's like, you know, the hocus pocus witches, which we would kind of poke fun at. And then we have also these like very serious evil sorceress type witches. And then we can look at the word witch as it's used in the Bible, which even depending on the different versions of the Bible that you were that you might look at, uh, that's different in and of itself, depending on the translation, um, the earliest um, writing that it was translated from the version that you're looking at, kind of the historical reference of it, that can be different. And the word itself, uh, which comes from an old English word, uh, which is not pronounced Wicca, but when you spell it out, actually is W-I-C-C-A. That's the old English word that it comes from. And then through middle uh, times, medieval times when Christianity was really spreading, this kind of changed in the Bible to include the word wizard and, and just different things. So the historical construct here is of the word witch is also very skewed and blurred because you don't really like there's not a clear linear pattern of where where the word is derived from or what it means. But we can look at the word witch and see that people who were often uh, put on trial for witchcraft or um, or murdered for witch, witchcraft or condemned weren't actually witches. So not one person who was killed during the Salem witch trials was a witch or identified as a witch. Not one of them did. Uh, and they were regular people. Some of them were landowners. Uh, and it, you know, it's questionable, questionable history here because the, the details are, are hairy. And again, it depends on who you ask and what resources you look at. But it could be like um, land grabs, uh, some elderly uh, 
elderly folks, uh, women who just weren't like, you know, weren't living in the same way as, as other women, um, women with money, men with money. <laughs> so these folks, and then even in the, in Europe with the, the witch trials there, it was similar, just people who, like anybody that was just an easy, like grab this person, this person, this person, very random. But the overarching thing you can see, the theme there is somebody trying to answer an unanswerable question or somebody trying to uh, be in control and gain some power. And so when we look at the word witch and we look at it today, we have this like Disney witches thing happening. We have these fairy tale witches, you know, the, the witch in Hansel and Gretel and she's going to eat those children and cook them up. <laughs> my, my kids weirdly love that story. <laughs> We've read all the different versions of it from the most violent versions to ones where the kids are heroes and all sorts of things. My kids are totally into uh, fairy tales like that. So we have this witch who wants to eat children and cook them. And, and then we have the witch, the historical witch that a lot of people think were, you know, people doing witch things. I'm doing air quotes <laughs> for anybody listening. People who were doing witch stuff, air quotes again, but we're just people. And again, it was, there's a lot of unknowns, you know, these people that were kind of chosen to be condemned as witches, but typically power grabs, um, you know, just mass hysteria and people trying to say like, oh, well, you know, there's all these witches. If we kill all these people, the illness will stop or this thing will stop. Uh, but, but no, no real good, no real good reason as there never is for anything like that. Right. So there is the idea though, that's a lot of these people, um, there's some evidence anyway, that many of these people would have been folks who didn't exactly fit in the norms of society. So women who did have land or money, um, unmarried women, uh, and then the men who were chosen were often ones who were not going down easily. If somebody wanted their land, for example, kind of putting up a fight and really resisting and not, not going with the flow, not going with the tide of the rest of the people in the community, right? So we look at that word witch, which is, uh, it's loaded. It's a loaded word. And when we look at the witch archetype here, we can look at people who live on their own terms people who live kind of outside the box. We can also look at the witch archetype today as a person who is willing to stand in their truth, uh, just like folks of the past who were who they were and were condemned for no reason whatsoever, besides just being a random person who was an easy target. Uh, and I think a lot of us can relate to that as somebody who may be is was an easy target for something that happened in life or has some experience where you were misunderstood uh, and kind of reclaiming your power around that. And I think the beautiful thing that's happening in our present time here is people reclaiming this word witch and putting a different story on it and coming back and saying that, you know, this power that we have, this innate power that we've been taught not to listen to because we have been taught to sort of, you know, stand in line, raise our hand, follow the leader, like do the right thing, the socially acceptable thing. And remembering that it is okay to just follow our own truth. It is okay to heal ourselves from the inside out. 
you know, we are knowers, we're rememberers, we're healers, we, we can be better, uh, better ancestors and not worry so much about being a descendant to people whose values maybe we don't hold for ourselves, right? And this is that idea of reclaiming this word witch actively standing in our own in our own truth and rewriting what that means the challenge there though with that word is that it still carries with it this weight of um like evil you know this weight of this this misunderstood weight and i know this to be true so and again with all the people we've talked to online most people don't know that the people uh killed in the salem witch trials even here in the in the states None of them identify. None of them did anything that would even imply that they were intuitive or like into herbs, other than drying them to cook with in the winter. Like they did not. There was nothing about them that would that we would look and say that person was a witch or they did some kind of witchy things. None of none of them. And most people don't know that. Uh, I live in Connecticut. Have lived here for um, most of my life now. And the first person to be killed in the name of witchcraft in the U.S. was in Connecticut. And it's something that we learn about here from a young age, like local New England history. And I think that most people in the country don't even know that about the Salem witch trials, that they actually had nothing to do with witches. And Salem as it is today, with the the shops and the witch gathering, that actually happened uh, like just later um, from a uh, person who kind of set up like a local witch community there. And then with the remembering of the Salem witch trials and as media spread, TV became more popular and, you know, just things rose up. That's how it kind of became this like epicenter of witchery <laughs> in New England. Uh, but it wasn't always that way. So when we look at the witch archetype, we want to consider what the word means to us, what the word means to us. And I see some comments here about uh about walking to the beat of your own drum yeah and i see some folks here descendants of some of the folks in the witch trials yeah and you know what i think is really interesting is that while they were and this is what brings us back to this witch archetype while those people weren't witches as we would qualify them they were just everyday people uh who were picked out of the crowd to be the people condemned again for these like power grabs and into sort of assert authority and fear and whatnot. Uh, but I think what we can take from this and what we can develop into the witch archetype is our own stories of feeling like we can't be trusted to follow our own gut. Like that there's somebody who knows more about what we're supposed to be doing than we do. That there is you know, like we must listen, we must stand in line, we must live life a certain way. Like people will think we're weird if we fly our witch flag or something like that. And that I think is that witch archetype. It's standing in our truth because of the people who weren't allowed to just be themselves, who were picked out at random to be executed. Whether you're looking at the European witch trials, or you're looking over here in the US or the name of any person anywhere who is told, you know, shut up and sit down and do the thing that I'm telling you to do and do it in the right order I'm telling you to do because we don't take, we don't have wiggle room here for people who are outside the box. And that is, I think, embracing and rewriting what this witch archetype means. It's being your own self, listening to your own truth, your own knowing and remembering that the power begins with you. 
and then anchoring yourself into these old ways, into the old ways of healing, of seeing, of remembering, of knowing. Before we were taught that there's all these people who are, you know, smarter than us and know better, and we should just listen and not ask questions. You know, that I think is the witch archetype, is the person who is. Um, maybe a little mysterious, maybe a little wild, maybe a little rebellious, but at the end of the day, trusting in themselves, uh, you know, in Expedition to Soul, day two is being your own greatest ally, bringing back in all parts of yourself. And to do that, we have to trust in our truth. We have to trust in our ability to pave the way forward for ourselves. And I'm not saying that you just, you know, light a fire to all of life. Like I'm a tax paying law abiding citizen, but I certainly do not live life like other people do. You know, the criticisms I've received from friends and family members and whatnot for living life differently or the questions or the that's not smart or you know, aren't you afraid of X, Y, and Z happening if you don't? Like for me, for example, in my life, uh, this isn't something you'd ever think witches, witches and health insurance go hand in hand. No, but that's being a self-employed person. I get a lot of questions like, aren't you afraid of not having health insurance? Aren't you afraid of this, that, and the other thing? And uh, I was like, no, because I trust myself because I believe in myself to make the right decisions for me. And I trust in my knowing and my remembering and my ability to create what it is I need in life. And again, that doesn't mean that I'm just like out there doing whatever. I'm a taxpaying law abiding citizen, but I also do a lot of things that are against the norm, against the grain. And I have the confidence to do it because of harnessing this witch archetype, I think, and sort of tapping into that wild, fierce, mysterious energy, believing in my own power, and then working with tools that have come to us through modern witchery, modern witch practices, uh, using tarot, using crystals and herbs and incense. That's all very modern to what we would call witchery or this practice of being a witch. Uh, that's not all necessarily some traditional um, traditional thing. This is kind of newer and transformed over the years. So the witch archetype, I think, is something that's also growing. It's changing and it's something you can create for yourself. But the challenges with it are certainly the general idea of what the word means. And I love that because I think that the people who like draw back and think, oh my gosh, the word witch. I think it's really interesting to ask, like, well, what do you what makes you react that way? You know, even if you think of the witch in Hansel and Gretel who's going to eat the kids, <laughs> my question would be, what made her like that? <laughs> what drove her <laughs> to go live in the woods and eat children? <laughs> Probably societal pressures and regular life <laughs> drove her to go live in those woods and eat those children. People aren't just born that way. <laughs> uh, so I think that you know, that when we're like, oh, that's, that's a weird word. It's a scary word. I don't know how I feel about it. Consider why. What do you think about that? You know, like what got you there? And then if you're all in and you're like, I'm embracing the witch word. That's amazing. And then also, what does it mean to you? What does that archetype look like to you? To me, that looks like a little bit of mystery, a dash of rebellion, some wild, uh, some wild inner magic that I'm just waiting to spiral out all around me, right? And my own power, my own truth, my own knowing and trusting myself as my own guiding light, first and foremost, that's what this looks like to me. 
I saw here that Anna, who's our co-founder here, she um, commented, I don't appreciate it when other people apply the word witch to me as they don't understand what it means to me. Right, Anna is uh, has some extended family members who love to like, you know, get close and awkward and be like, so you're a witch? <laughs> and uh, Anna's like, like you know, you're not fully understanding the the picture here, right? You're not fully understanding the picture here. Uh, it's, it's it's not like a a joking thing, you know, to just to just uh, think about here. Aisha is sharing. Tatuba was an enslaved Caribbean woman who was the first person accused of witchcraft. Yes, Tatuba was. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, Tatuba. Uh, it's it's an an interesting. That's a whole other story, Aisha. It's a whole. That's a whole interesting uh, story um, because there is. There's a couple different. If you ever go to Salem, so this is gonna. This is a different. A different topic, but there are a few different quote unquote. I'll do air quotes again. Museums in Salem, Massachusetts. None of them are super accurate, and I would remind anybody who goes there that most of them have a spin on it for. Uh, um, what is it when you go for, I can't losing the word when you go someplace tourist, most of them have a very tourist spin on them. And one of the most popular places there puts a definite spin on the, uh, history of Tatuba, who is, uh, who is, and, and it's not accurate at all. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so when you go there, I would definitely recommend taking any of the museums, as they call them, with a grain of salt uh, and, and and check that out. Particularly uh, with the Tatuba, one of the the museums paints her as kind of like this like sort of negative just influence, which is likely historically inaccurate and also is completely inaccurate in reference to any religious beliefs that she would have had just historically based on the location where she would have come from in the world. So definitely grain of salt those. Let's see here. And yeah, Anna sharing Tatuba did plead guilty. I would I would argue she was smart. <laughs> she pled guilty and was not killed and lived and and lived. Uh, let's see here. Lori B prefers witchy. For one, it sounds less dramatic and implies more of a way of being as opposed to being something specific. Yeah. Yeah. I think another misconception is, uh, that the word witch has to do with religion, which it doesn't at all. <laughs> and witchcraft and witchery, like none of that has to do with religion, um, whatsoever. So I think that, that's another another big misconception. Let's see here. Uh, another comment. Jamie says, I don't feel the word witch and I 100% blame society. Yeah, it's what we're saying about the witch archetype. It's such an inter it's an interesting word, I think, right? Uh, I think it's a very interesting word to kind of dig apart, dive into, and see what it means for you and what you are exploring. Uh, let's see, Joanna says, Joanna Salem is fall, aren't doing the museums and touristy stuff. Explore and observe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really great town. Don't get me wrong. We live like two hours, two and a half hours from Salem. And uh, it's a seaside town. Like, it's it's a city. But I love I love to go there and go shopping, <laughs> stimulate the economy, eat it. There's some great restaurants. 
But when it comes to the history, I would just be really discerning with what you take as fact. There's, you're probably better off um, hitting up the library and getting some historically accurate uh, books if you want to learn about the history of, of Salem here. Yeah, Anna says a lot was destroyed in a fire. Yeah, there's not much actually like historical evidence even. That's why a lot a lot of it is reproductions um, and just based on what might possibly have been accurate for sure. Um, let's see here. Let me see. Yes, pleading innocence. Yeah, those are the folks who who were killed, those who claimed their innocence. Uh, and Jamie wandered Salem 17 degrees and loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely little seaside seaside area. If you go up to the Salem area, I would, if you, if you have a car, Gloucester, it's a little bit north. Uh, if you ever watch any of those fishing shows on like Discovery Channel or something, my husband's pretty into them. Uh, some of those are out of there. That's a beautiful town. Uh, Manchester by the sea. There's there's lots of great stuff. In there. I mean, New England is, there's so many things to see and check out in all of New England. Uh, the Lizzie Borden house is about an hour outside of Salem. If you've ever heard that Lizzie Borden took an ax, gave her father 40 wax. And then what she, I forget the rest of it, gave her, gave her mother 40 wax, gave her father 40 more, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, the Lizzie Borden house where they, Lizzie Borden was never, she was never charged, I don't think, with killing her parents, though, because uh, they didn't think a woman could do that. <laughs> though there's not much evidence that it could have been anybody else. <laughs> but who knows? Uh, anyway, the that house, it's a bed and breakfast. You can, or it was, it's been for sale a couple times, but it's a bed and breakfast. You can go tour it and you can sleep in it. Um, and that's an hour outside of Salem if you're into spooky things like that. Anna and I stayed there. We slept overnight and it was a fun what should I say fun? It was an experience and it was an interesting thing to do with one's time and money, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, but that's right outside of Salem also. Anyway, this witch archetype, as we can see here, it's a loaded word. And what is the witch archetype? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I think that is reliant upon each individual person to ask what it means to you. I know that myself as a kid and as a teenager, I was always loved everything mystical and magical and I loved Halloween and I wanted to be a witch. And then, you know, there was like 90s witchcraft and I was all about reading all of uh, the, any witch book I could find and at the discount bookstore near me. And then as I grew into adulthood and realized that for me, actually, this isn't about that kind of thing. Like it's not a, um, like a, it's not a belief system per se for me, like Wicca, paganism, those are belief systems. It's more of a way of being, it's a way of embodying. And that's what that means for me. It's a way of being, it's a way of embodying. It's a way of remembering the stories that I've experienced, how those are influenced by all the people before me that they've experienced and how I'm transmuting that into this lifetime into something else. And that's what that looks like for me. So when I'm in that functional aspect of the witch archetype, I am... I am not only changing my own life, but I'm empowering other people to do the same. I'm present. I am making my own magic in every moment. When I'm in the dysfunctional archetype, I'm feeling like an outsider. I'm feeling like no one's listening to me, like no one's hearing me. And that's what that witch archetype can look like in my life. So I would invite every person listening to this now or in the future 
What does the word mean to you? What does that archetype look like to you? And remember, that's an archetype is the typical kind of version of something. And then what's the functional and the dysfunctional side of that? Because there are two sides to every archetype. There's the functional and dysfunctional. And how they representing, how they presenting themselves in your life. And our we have our holistic witchery program, which we get like some pushback on because of the name of it, or people who are like, oh, I don't know, that seems weird to me. Uh, but you know, the name is intentionally chosen because holistic, it's all the parts coming together. It's all the parts of one, one piece. And witchery is making magic. And isn't that what we all want to do? Make magic and <laughs> bring all our parts back to ourselves and live a life that feels magical. All right, let's see here. My, my comments had like frozen and then they all just whiplashed me. <laughs> I just had a whole bunch of pour out here. Um, oh, I realize when I do it that way. Let's see here. Uh, just checking out. Oh, Christina saying Gloucester is so pretty. It is. Yes, Gloucester. I don't say it like a Massachusetts person. I say it like a Connecticut person. Uh, let me see here. Lizzie Bordenhouse. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let me check here. Elena sharing being of Hispanic background. My dad's side, there's such an old concept that brujas are evil, condemning to this day, very much seen as crazy and to be avoided. Thankfully, my kids, hubby, and my sisters don't see me that way, but rather embrace it, even though I do not define myself under any, with her type, just a witch of all things, woo, magical, spiritual, and natural. Yeah, there are so many, and, and you know, uh, pop culture doesn't do us any any favors, right? <laughs> like, like, like none at all. Uh, and, um, and there's, I can name plenty of pop culture references too, where there was a, somebody being represented as a bruja who, you know, like, like it was just like a scary kind of scene, right? <laughs> like a scary, and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? But that's not, that's, not, that's why also I take some issue with New Orleans also. And, because um, the representation of voodoo in New Orleans is not, like, that's that's not what that is. And then um, I'm getting into, like, whole other topics here. But so much of American voodoo, which is different than Haitian voodoo, uh, it's 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 different than Dominican um, spiritual, like, it's different. And a lot of that has to do with slavery and, um, like, candles and candle magic, something that a lot of us... I uh, just probably don't really think about, but that a lot of that comes from the uses of candles um, and slavery and translating spiritual practices uh, because that because that was the only thing available tools right and being able to kind of light that way and create a light. When you look back uh, before medieval times in Europe, candles weren't really a thing people use. We teach us in our we have a Viking magic class that we rule out every year around Yule. And um, it was bonfires. And then candles were widely made made popular by um, the use of uh, wax with Christi the rise of Christianity. And it helped really to, you know, it was like an economic driver, another another thing that could be charged for, really. So before medieval times and the spread of Christianity, candles weren't a thing really used in spirituality. It was uh, like just fire. <laughs> like big fire. So candles came around for Europeans in that time, medieval time. And then American voodoo, which is very different than traditional uh, forms of voodoo, when we look at some of those practices are, are very different based on how those cultures came 
to America and the way they were, the, the things available to practice spirituality. So it's also why I do take a little bit of issue with the, um, with the tourist scene in New Orleans also, uh, because there's, I think, just a lot not said that can really paint a picture that's not, not accurate, uh, or not historically accurate anyway. And anybody who identifies, whether it's a witch or a bruja or any of these words that have such a skewed view on what they are, the way that things are presented for tourist attractions is just uh, not helpful. It's not and hurtful in a lot of ways as well. So anyway, when it comes to like tourist things for uh, for anything spiritual, witchy, magical, I would seriously just step back and consider <laughs> what's actually going on there. I know that myself with that witch archetype though, I definitely draw heavily on the the, the idea of, of people being pinpointed for no reason. Right, and people just being like, you're a good scapegoat. Uh, we have some power that you don't have, so there you go. Into the execution line you go. And there's part of me that anybody who's ever felt like they have just been not seen, not heard, not valued, not understood, kind of had their light sort of uh, dimmed down by somebody else who told them something is not the way it should, or they shouldn't be the way that they are that makes me want to, you know, stand for those people. And that's the word witch means a lot of that to me for, for sure. Anyway, the witch archetype, some thoughts, some big, big deep thoughts. And this went into a whole different, this went some different side roads. I love it. I love it. I'm very passionate though about the way that different practices are represented, uh, especially here in the U.S., because I think that there is a lot probably in some cases because of tourism in particular uh, to make it more interesting. Uh, not, not exactly, not, not accurate <laughs> at all. <laughs> so New Orleans, great, great, uh, lots of energy, great food. It's amazing to see all the, uh, we don't have it here in New England, but all the above ground, what are they called? The cemeteries, everybody, they're all above ground there. And that's not like that here, but, uh, in, in Salem, again, great food. Um, uh, ma yeah, mausoleum. Are they all mausoleums in New Orleans? They're all, everybody's buried above ground and like these old cemeteries. I've only been there once. Like I'm an expert or something. I'm not, but I love the food. It was, there's like great music outside all the time. Uh, just in terms of the historical, <laughs> which step I'd, I'd step, I'd take a step back. <laughs> Same in Salem. I'd take a step back. <laughs> definitely take a step back. All right then. All right. So I guess we are going to leave it at that. Take what you will from this discussion. What does the word mean to you? What does the witch archetype mean to you? And just sit on it. And it's okay if it's, it's okay if you don't have any feelings or if you just want to let your feelings marinate. That's all okay too. In my magical self-care book, there's a line and I say something like, I'm going to use the word witch in this book. Uh, and it brings up feelings in people, whatever those feelings are for you. I just invite you to sit back and think on them. That is it. Okay. Thank you all for hanging with me. I appreciate it. And for being here, this is a topic I love to discuss. And yeah, if you have comments later, 
just put them in the comments after this and we'd love to circle back and keep chatting with you. Thank you all. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.